BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. I don't actually watch that much TV. I don't have a regular schedule for watching the news. In fact, most of the news I see is just kind of quick hits on the internet. I don't have cable. I don't even have Netflix. I might catch a show every once in a while. But needless to say, TV isn't something I keep up with too much. With that being said, there are some things on YouTube that I watch. I find that YouTube does a better job for me and my lifestyle. In general, I'm usually working quite a lot on various things and then maybe I'm able to throw on a video or two when I get a chance to sit down and eat. One of the channels I watch is called Nomadic Fanatic. The guy who runs the channel, his name's Eric, and I've watched his videos off and on for several years now. This channel, it's about a guy who started out living in a camper van. Pretty much just an older, regular van that he gutted out and installed a place for a bed and a spot to cook some food. He documented his journeys he did and all the upgrades and maintenance issues, things like that he had in the van. With his videos over the years, he's just documented his nomadic lifestyle going from one place to the next, all with him and his huge pet cat named Jax, as well as a new addition he's got, another pet cat. His channel, he probably has, I'd imagine, hundreds of videos, and he's pretty entertaining. I highly suggest everyone to check it out. But the reason I'm talking about this, there's another channel on YouTube called Nomadic Static. The name of the channel, well, it may just be me, but the name seems to be a bit contradictory. There's only one video on that channel. In that one video, you see mainly just a young couple in different settings. They're on the beach in video arcades, just smiling, eating food, giving each other little small pet kisses, and generally looking like they're having a good time. In the description on the channel, a single sentence sums up the channel itself. Recently, we decided to downsize our life into a little Ford Transit Connect to travel across the United States. 
But like I said, there's only one video on that channel. And it was published on August 19th. No activity since then. Most people, if you were to stop them on the street and ask them if they've heard of that channel, Nomadic Static, they'd probably simply tell you no. If you were to stop someone on the street and ask if they heard of Gabby Petito, chances are they don't only know the name, but know a decent amount about what's happened recently. That's what this episode's about. Obviously, I'm no investigative reporter. I'm not a detective. I don't claim to know every single tidbit of info about this case. But in this episode, I'm going to share what I do know. Maybe it'll help shed some light on some of what happened. I'll start this off by going into a little bit of the background into Gabby's life. She seemed to have a decently normal life early on. She was born Gabrielle Venora Petito to her father Joseph and her mother Nicole. She grew up in the Northeast in Bayport Blue Point High School in Bayport, New York, where she graduated in 2017. During her time there in high school, she started posting on Instagram. You can see her posting pics of herself in various locations. It looks like she had spent some time in while she's on various vacations. Places like North Carolina, New York City, Texas, Costa Rica, along with a lot of other locations. While she was there at school, she met her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie. Fast forward to more recent times, and Gabby and Brian, they're still together. They're engaged to be married. And back in June, they decided to take off in that white Ford van I mentioned before and drive cross-country, starting a YouTube channel to document their travels along the way. They also update on Gabby's Instagram. And if I've looked into this correctly, this doesn't look like the first time they made a journey like this. Apparently, they had some travels in a Nissan Sentra and did a mix of camping out in there in tents and using Airbnbs. This most recent trip, though, started around June or July this year. They were going cross-country and going to hit up state and national parks. As far as documented problems, the first trip didn't seem to have any. But the big piece of that statement documented you put two people in a small space like a car or even a van for a long period of time there's bound to be some problems at some point it just happens for them it looks like the tensions finally boiled over somewhere around august 12th somewhere in utah grant county sheriff's office were you able to get a description of the investigation hi can you hear me sir yeah, I can hear you. Hi, uh, I'm calling. I'm right on the corner of Main Street by Moonflower 
and we're driving by, and I'd like to report a domestic dispute in Florida with the white van, Florida license plate, white land, gentleman, five, six beard. They just drove off. They're going down Main Street. They made a, uh, a right onto Main Street from Moonflower. Or what were they doing? Cooperative, but um, what'd you say? What were they doing? Uh, we drove by, and the gentleman was slapping the girl. He was slapping her? Yes, and then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her, hopped in the car, and they drove off. Okay, you said um, it's a white van? White van, I give you the I give you the license plate if you give me one sec. I took okay. a picture of it. What kind of white van? Like a big one? Um it it was a smaller van with the license plate of it was white, Florida license plate. It was, the make was a Ford, model was transit, black ladder on the passenger side. The black ladder, uh, passenger Honda. side. White Ford Transit. White Ford Transit. Okay, what's your name? And where did they, so they turned, they headed south on Main Street from Moonflower Market? Correct, they made the right turn. Oh, so they went north. North, yeah. Sorry, I'm not from around here. Okay, are you so you're right there by the post office, right across the street. Yep. Okay, and and when they turned onto Main Street, they went right or left? Right. Right. So they went north. North on Main. All right. I will let somebody know. Thank you. Yeah. No worries. Bye. Thanks. As I said before, on previous shows more than a few times we get domestic disputes all the time multiple times every single day but what people calling in would consider to be a domestic dispute is different from person to person when the dispatcher in this says what were they doing it's a good and very valid question you can't just leave it as a domestic dispute and not go any further Some people think that a man and a woman in a grocery store arguing over which box of cereal to buy, and before anybody asks, yes, that has happened. Some people think that would be considered a domestic dispute. Luckily, there is some clarification. The caller says he was slapping her. A lot of details were redacted from the call, but... Suffice it to say that there were good enough details that dispatch, they were able to put out a bolo or a be on the lookout for that white van, specifically the one with those Florida tags going a specific direction of flight. Keep in mind, this caller didn't know who the people inside were, those people who were fighting. He had no relation to them at all. He just witnessed the male slapping her and then chasing her up the road before they got back in the van. This guy had zero reason to lie to the police. And police, they did catch up to him. They stopped him and questioned him in various ways for a good while. The exchange was captured on police's body-worn camera. I won't play the whole thing, but I'll put a link to it in the episode's description. I will play some of the pieces of it, though. And keep in mind, 
there was quite a bit of background noise going on in this because they were right on the side of the road. There's a lot of traffic in the background. I'm going to do what I can to try to remove some of that traffic noise so you can hear the conversations a little bit more clearly. Driver is showing some obscure driving, possibly intoxicated. Currently doing 45 miles an hour. Zone through here is 25. Oh! Subject just hit the curb. Correction speed limit is 15. I'm about three quarters of a mile into the arches just before the gate. So that started out kind of abruptly, really. You know, a police officer who had found this van, and apparently the van, it was speeding, going about 45 miles an hour in either a 15 or 25 mile an hour zone. It also ran up over a curb. Officer thought there might be some sort of intoxication going on inside there, and it possibly so. Not sure from what they got with this. But the whole thing continues on right after the officer gets out and walks up to the car. You want to place your vehicle in the park and go ahead and turn it off? Yeah, yeah. Uh, park? Oh, it, it is in park, yeah. Okay, turn off your engine. Go ahead and set your keys on the dash for me, all right? What's you guys' names? Gabby. I'm Brian. Gabby, Brian, okay. What's going on? How come you're crying? I'm just crying. We've just been fighting this morning. Some personal issues. It was a long day. We were camping yesterday and camping got supplies and stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hit the, the, the bump there. <laughs> I was distracting him from driving. I'm sorry. Can I get you to step out of the vehicle for me, man? Yeah. Just hang tight right there. Um, do you mind if I take your keys and just put them on your hood? You got it, buddy. I'm so Thank sorry. Thank you. Oh, no, you're fine. I'm going to go ahead and close your door, okay? Why don't you come over here? So 229, I have the female that was on the back mm-hmm. of the separated from the male. Keys are on the hood. You want to tell me what's going on? He's like, I don't know, we just been fighting all morning and 
And he wouldn't let me in the car before. And Why I, wouldn't he let you in the car? Because you have your OCD? told me I needed to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm perfectly calm. I'm calm all the time. And he really stresses me out. And I just... And this is a rough morning. Well... Why don't we do this? Why don't I sit you down in the back seat of my car? You're not in any trouble, okay? I'm not gonna be putting handcuffs on you. You obviously don't have any weapons. I'm gonna get you into the air conditioning, let you take a breath, relax a little bit, and then I'll come back and talk to you in a few minutes, okay? Okay. Alrighty. Like I said, you're not in any trouble. So just go ahead and take a seat. In this little bit of exchange, her side of the story is that she's saying something about her having OCD and being mean to him, something about them fighting all morning and her needing to calm down and Brian not letting her back in the car until she calms down. She also said that she was distracting him from his driving. Regardless of what happened with exchange that was happening there between her and the police officer. It was very hard to understand anything that was actually going on. She didn't really say what happened. I believe that because of all this, along with her obvious distraught mental condition, he had her sit in the back of his patrol vehicle to try to calm down some more. This would hopefully lead to her getting a better version of what happened out in the open from there he walks back up to the van and starts talking with brian what's that yeah i just spoke to her so you want to do me a favor let's go ahead and get you to step out of the vehicle all righty come on over here you're not in any trouble right now Tell me what's going on. She just gets worked up sometimes, and I try and really distance myself from her. So, like, I, I lock the car and I walk away from her. What happened this morning is that she's trying to start up like her own little website blog and everything. So, I give her time. We really had a nice morning of everything, and if anything, but um, she just got worked up because we were trying to get going and get our day going because we want to go. Okay. You, you want to tell me about those scratches on your face? She had his cell phone in her hand. That's why I was pushing her away. Because I, she wanted to, I locked the keys so I could walk away. I, I said, let's just take a breather and let's not you know, go anywhere. Let's just calm down for a minute. She didn't even wake up. And then she had her phone and trying to get a piece of it. So I got in there. I was just trying to, I know I was going to push her. I was just trying to push her away. She go, let's, let's just take a minute, step back and breathe. And she, she got me with her phone. Can I see your hand? Oh, you got a mark right here. Oh, that's from a wire. That's from a wire? Yeah. You want to tell me about hitting that curb? Hitting the curb was her grabbing the wheel. Did she grab the wheel? Yeah. She said, I can't believe we're getting pulled over. And then she grabbed the wheel. What about the speed? Did she take over the... No, I thought I was going past I'm sorry. No, it was probably just the, the moment of, like, I'm still shaking out. The adrenaline's seen the lights flashing up and then they're gripping the wheel. So if I sped up, I'm sorry about that. Or if I was speeding beforehand, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it took quite quickly. a bit to catch up to you. So, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry about that. We're just going into the, the park again to get water because we have a six-gallon water container to fill up. So we're just grabbing water for the height. Okay, and we're just, I was trying to keep everything calm and quiet because there's plans still to go for a hike, but it's good. I'm, I'm, 
Do me a favor. You want to go ahead and just take a seat right over here on the curb for me? And if I was speeding, I'm sorry. You don't have anything in my pocket or anything like that, do you? Nope. Just the wallet? All right. And then, do you mind lifting your shirt so I can check the waistband? I got to turn around for me real quick. Okay. I just, I just want to make sure. That's all, man. Go ahead. Do me a favor. Take a seat, all right? Oh, do you have your ID on you? All right. You want to be able to do this? Just go ahead and take a seat. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Alright, you're fine. Uh, what's your first name? Brian. Brian? Is that spelling? B-R-I-N. Yeah, and L-A-U-N. L-A-U-N. And then your last name? L-A-U-N. L-A-U-N. D-R-I-E. D-R-I-E? Yep. Laundry? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your date of birth, Brian? His date of birth was redacted there at the end of this portion. Again, on this, it seems like a lot of sidestepping going on. Brian says a bit about what actually happened, but it wasn't really very much. He says something about her having her cell phone out, and it sounds like he was trying to say that she caught him with it on the side of the face, and that's how he got some scratches. He also has a mark on his hand, though. That he said he got from some sort of a wire. One question about why he jumped up on the curb in his van He said that Gabby jerked the wheel while they were driving, saying something about her being upset that they were being pulled over. Through this point in the exchange with that officer, if I'm the officer, I really still don't know what was happening. It's seriously hard to figure out from all their details or really non-details what was going on. And I'm not saying that either one of them were trying to conceal anything at least not at this point, but neither of them telling their version of events has painted any sort of a clear picture to me. This next bit, I will do everything I can to try to clear it up a little bit, but it's still going to be very hard to understand with just what was going on in the background because in the background is where you actually want to listen to. The officer whose body-worn camera we're actually listening to, he's trying to run Brian through the NCIC database, see if he's got any warrants or valid driver's license, things like that. But right there in front of that officer, there's another officer questioning Gabby, and he's actually kind of getting to the point of what they really want to know, what was actually happening before they got pulled over. Bravo, Romeo, India, Alpha, November. And then what? And his reaction was to do what? He's going to be out of Florida. He was grabbing? Did he, did he hit you though? I mean, I mean, it's okay if you're saying you hit him. But, you know, I understand if he hit you, but we want to know the truth if he actually hit you. Because, you know, where did he hit you? Don't, don't worry. Be honest. Okay. So has he been drinking? No, we don't drink. Okay. 
was up with his driving. I saw him steady hit a curb. I, I, I. While you're driving? While he was driving, you were hitting him? Did you already tell him all this? I didn't get that far into okay, it. She so was she was hyperventilating. She's a little saying bit. that they don't drink, but at the point when you lit them up, they don't drink or anything. I, she I, started I was, hitting yeah, him. I was yelling at him, and then when and you turned your lights on, I like kind of fucked his arm. Like there's a. She's saying was like hit the curb. You said it was, it was Gabby. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm really bad. It was Gabby. Yeah. Meditate stuff. But you tend to have a lot of anxiety and stress. <laughs> a lot of anxiety. And what's his name? Is it Brian? Is he usually pretty patient with you? Yeah. <laughs> but I get it just makes me upset. I know that he definitely gets frustrated with me a lot. Way of taking my anxiety and bringing it down, but my ex-wife, especially my ex-wife, I'm just sharing. I know it's a little personal, but to help you understand. We would feed off each other's anxiety and spiral. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter how much I loved her. It may be a bad for your soul. Just saying. And I'm not telling you what to do with your life, but if you know you have anxiety, look at the look at the situations you can get in. You know what I mean? And we're not here to be mean to you or anything. Well, you, you know, they never. There's a first time, and then it usually. Let's just, we'll go see what Brian's saying, but uh, I think you've heard everything now from... Quick question, you said you were hitting him in the arm. Did you grab the steering wheel? No, I didn't. You did not touch the steering wheel? I didn't touch the steering wheel, but only, only, only for like a second, because I just saw the lights come on, and it was more just like, you're an idiot. Like, you know. But did you grab the steering wheel and like no. swerve or anything like no, that? No, no, no. Okay. I didn't touch the steering wheel at all. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and close this door again. Do you have enough air back here, or do you want me to kick it up some more? Do you have any water? <laughs> I will see if I can find something. Okay, no worries. Thank you. This officer, he was trying to draw out what was actually going on. He was doing a little bit better job of it. You may have heard it was kind of hard to hear, but he was questioning. He said his reaction was to do what? He just grabbed you. Did he hit you, though? It's all right if he... If you hit him too, did he slap your face or what? What happened? She admitted to hitting him. She even made motions of how she was hitting him. But the problem I was seeing, though, is she was saying that while all this was going on, this was all inside the car. She didn't really point out what was happening before the van was pulled over. But even with that, she said that Brian was hitting her as well, which must have meant in the car also. And again, if I'm the officer at this point, it sounds like they were hitting each other at a minimum inside the car while it was driving. And from what the original 911 caller was saying, it was happening before that too. Still pretty difficult to get all the details about what happened just yet. They questioned Brian just a little bit more. Uh, I was 
here like pretty intense so the flies are definitely going to get into her and then my feet are dirty and everything so I think that our little squabble started because we were, we were hanging out of the coffee shop and when we got back to the bed there was some dirty stuff again and uh, I moved our food around as a result of this other though so she gets a little three tickles sorry about that okay. do you need any water? Okay. It's hot out. I was telling we were going to get water because we ran out, but oh, it's okay. No, it's all right. I don't know if that's a problem. Thank you. Um, but we just had a little disagreement there. And this disagreement was just that she was getting a little worked up, and I was saying, oh, it's okay. Thank you so much. Okay. As long as it's cool. That's good. <laughs> um, so it was just more disagreement, and I just wanted to What was the disagreement about? It was... It was I wouldn't even call it this game. It was just that I'm dirty and I can't change being dirty. Like, I got dirty feet. I got sand in my foot pops and stuff like that. Um, it was every we at the coffee shop for so long because we were there from 9 to 3. So, yeah, there's a few little little things. Little, just a little relationship. Um, I don't know if you're relationship. I've been married for over five years now. So. There's a lot of little things. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we really... We weren't physical before the point where I said, all right, let's let's just take a breather and, and like, walk away for a minute. I'll walk the van up and I'll go for a walk this way and you can go walk that, that way in the block. You know, there's a moon, but I want to call moon flower. Right, well, yeah, nice area. So you can go either way. It's all shaded. So let's just go for a little walk and breather, come back. It's pretty here. I'm happy with it. She's, I, I'm not upset with her she got so worked up and she had a phone in her hand and her keys and everything she wanted another key like her rings rings phones and I, well, I was holding on to the keys because I just I didn't want to go anywhere and my big fear is I don't have my phone I don't really I don't have a phone so she goes off without me you know <laughs> alright I'm on my own <laughs> so um, I was saying let's just go for a walk and she was trying to get the keys for me so I was just going just wait back up back up and that's what she I didn't didn't get I don't want to push you, but I didn't get it. I didn't get overtly physical. I was just trying to keep her away and and not get hit. And then I got really loud and like that's probably your attention where I was going. Back up, get away, just give me a Okay, so so I said you pushed her to create some distance obviously, right? What happened after that? What got what got the scratches on your hand? The phone. The phone. So you push her and she hit you? She was I wasn't, I, it wasn't like a push and she jumped on me, she was, she was already, she was already, I don't want to, she was already swinging and I was just, yeah. Yeah. a lot of angles, a lot of nails, a lot of things, yeah. you got yeah. three scratches in your neck, you got one on your left side of your neck, you got one in your face here, and you got four for the bleeding. Do you mind lifting up your right sleeve for me? I'm curious about something. I suppose fingernails, but yeah. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm not complaining about Is fingernails. it bruised or tender or anything like that? Uh, I'm fine, and I love that. I, I hope she doesn't have too many complaints about me. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, I, I feel bad I think it's so public. I was just trying to be loud and too risky. You know, I try to make her calm down and be like, look, everyone's watching. So like, <laughs> 
So this last little bit we just listened to, even with it, it's just it's really hard to figure out what was happening, who the primary aggressor was, things like that. I'm not going to try to get into that too much, but I'll try to shorten this up just a little bit to recap a little bit, and I'll try to play a couple more little tiny clips from the other officer's body-worn camera. helps out a little bit. They did hit each other. That part, it seems like it's pretty clear. At one point, she does say that she hit him first. I know the truth if he actually hit you. Because you know, I guess, yeah, but I hit him first. Where did he hit you? Don't, don't worry, just well, be he, honest. Like, grabbed my face. Like, like slap your face or what? Well, like he like grabbed me like with his nail, and I guess that's why it was. I definitely have a cut right here. Like it's healing. Yeah. Touching and burns. Well, to be honest, I definitely hit him first. Where'd you hit him? I slapped him. You, you slapped him first? And then what, just on his face? You get to kind of shut up. Further conversations after all this happened between the officers that were there on the scene, they kind of pointed towards her actually being the aggressor in this. But they did it with kind of a caveat as well. In their report, they actually made it out like this was a mental breakdown of sorts, not necessarily a domestic dispute. The whole bit about her being the aggressor and the possible mental breakdown and how they would actually go about handling this call kind of comes out right here in this statement here. In no way, shape, or form that I can perceive does what happened here, a little slap fight between fiancés who love each other want to be together, can I perceive that this is going to digress into a situation where he's going to be a battered man? Right. But then again, I don't have a crystal ball. So the police officers that were there on the scene, they thought this was an isolated incident. I'm guessing, and as I said, this is just a guess, that they were trying to help them both out by not arresting either of them. Just thinking it was a small fight with a young couple related to her having some sort of a mental breakdown. And still, even with the circumstances we now know, at that time, it could have very well been the case. Fast forward to days and even weeks past this and communication between Gabby and her family, they become a little bit more sparse. They said that communication with her wasn't always daily. Keep in mind the interaction with police, that was on August the 12th. The various timelines I've looked at, they all push the next significant event that happened with this up to about August the 17th. Apparently Brian flew out to Tampa, Florida around where his family lives. Apparently he had a storage unit there. He was wanting to empty stating that they were going to go and try to extend the road trip even further. He flew back to the Salt Lake city area on August 23rd. It seems that Gabby and Brian made it from Utah up to Wyoming in the Jackson area around the Teton range. On the 24th, Gabby does a FaceTime video with her parents saying that they were leaving from Utah and they were heading to Wyoming. On August 25th, Gabby posted her last set of photos on Instagram. That would be her last public post of anything that I could find. On the 27th, there was possibly another incident involving the couple. 
two people that were at a restaurant named the Mary Piglets saw Gabby crying and Brian in what they called an angered state, saying he was going in and out of the restaurant and showing anger to some of the staff of the restaurant there. The manager of the establishment also said that she saw something happen but didn't really go into details with the police. Past that, there were some communications with her parents, but even those, they seemed to be a little bit questionable. Her mom said that in some of the texts, Gabby referred to her grandfather as Stan, which she never called him Stan. They believe that someone other than Gabby was sending those messages, the last of which arrived with her family on August 30th. The odd text, they started arriving around on the 27th. Another couple claimed that they had picked up Brian while he was hitchhiking and gave him a ride on the 29th, said he'd been camping by himself for several days while Gabby was back at their van doing stuff for social media. After Brian found out that the couple wasn't going to the direction he was wanting to go in, he got angry and got out of the vehicle. Further than that, and if all things lined up, which it looks like it does, another woman said she picked him up on the same day, also while he was out hitchhiking, and dropped him off around the Spread Creek camping area. Brian insisted to the woman who picked him up to only drop him off at the entrance. The driver offered to take him inside and all the way to his campsite, but he repeatedly declined and only wanted to be dropped off right there at the entrance. As I said, this was on August the 29th. The timeline past that gets a bit dry all the way up until about September 1st, three days after Brian was dropped at the entrance to the campsite. On September 1st, he arrived back at his home his home in Northport, Florida. He made it from the northwest corner of Wyoming to his family's place in Florida, with the shortest route being 2,364 miles in just two or three days. According to Google Maps, the drive time for that would be somewhere around 35 hours. That's 35 hours with no stops calculated. No rest, no naps, no stops added for food or gas. All those things, they have to be added in past that 35 hours. I've made trips from Nashville to Southern Florida more than a few times, and that's about 900 miles. I can do that all in one go, but I'm pretty damn tired after that. And that is a lot less than the 2,300-plus mile trip that he had to make. He also had to do that in a much slower and larger vehicle than I would be traveling in. He was traveling in the van that they were on the road trip in. That would have not been an easy trip at all. And he made the entire thing without Gabby. Days passed and nothing was heard from Gabby. Her parents got no phone calls, no texts, no further FaceTime videos. They finally called police and reported her missing on September 11th. Before that, earlier in September, Gabby's family had tried several times to contact Brian and his family asking of Gabby's whereabouts, and they refused to give any answers. No one had said a word about any type of foul play at this point. There was just a police report about Gabby being missing. A normal course of action from the police would be to question the last person 
she was seen with. That was Brian. So police went to his home to ask him about her location. Police were met at the door by Brian's family, and they were given contact information for the family's attorney. They didn't want to really answer any questions past that. On the 17th, Brian's family finally started to cooperate some and talk with authorities. The problem is they said they hadn't seen Brian since the 14th, three days earlier. While all this was going on, the search continued for Gabby. Trying to keep up all options of the search, which was now spanning multiple states, on September 19th, remains of a human were found in Wyoming. Two days later, it was confirmed that the body that was found was, in fact, Gabby Petito. Shortly after, the U.S. District Court in Wyoming issued a federal arrest warrant for Brian Laundry. To this day, Brian is still on the loose. The search continues. Tips have been flowing in, but as with anything like this on such a huge national story, those tips can be sketchy. And Brian, if you've seen pictures of him, he looks like a pretty average guy. He could easily blend in with a crowd and no one would pay any attention to him. One person called 911 and claimed he saw Brian in North Carolina, somewhere around the Appalachian Trail, on October 2nd. A copy of that call has been released. I'll go ahead and play it now. Dewey County 911, what's the location of your emergency? Um, well, I'm, I'm on the highway right now, but um, I, I ran into Brian Lauer just a little while ago. Okay, where did you see him at? Um, I was, I was at the parking lot for the Appalachian Trail on the north side of Okay, can you tell me, like, was you at an overlook? Are you there? Hello? Are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, you're probably going through the gorge. You lose service every now and then. So where did you see him at? On Waterville Road. Okay. And just on Waterville, or did you see him near a house? Could you see a mailbox? He He was driving a truck. And I stopped and spoke, talked to him. Okay. Was he going up Waterville or back towards 40? He was going away from 40. Okay. What color truck? It was a white truck. I think it was a Ford F-150. I'm not 100% sure of that. And it was kind of a a newer model. It wasn't like an old beater. It was a a newer truck. Okay. And what makes you say that it was him? Well, he first off, 
I was I was ter- making a U-turn and in the road, and he came up behind me, and he slowed down and kind of flashed his lights, like telling me, oh, go ahead and go, and I'm going to wait for you. And as I turned around and I'm coming back by him, he's waving his arm out of, out of his truck, like for me to slow down. And I pull up next to him. I'm getting ready to go through the tunnel here. Hold on one second. Okay. Can you still, can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. So when I stopped and I, I, I was. I think I lost you. And I was. He was he was talking wild. He to, he said that his girlfriend loved him and he had to go out to California to see her. And he was asking me how to get to California. And I said, "Well, you can get on I-40 right there and drive west and you'll get there." And he said, "No, I think I can go this way." And kind of left, but he was acting funny. And I wasn't sure about what he looked like. And then I got I went and parked and pulled pulled up the photographs of him. And I'm 99.99% sure that was him. Okay. I'm going to let my sergeant know, okay? Okay. Okay, can I have your name and phone number? Your phone number? Okay. Well, like I said, I'm going to pass this along to my sergeant, okay? All right. I'll meet somebody out there if they want to. I'm I'm telling you it was him. Okay. Well, like I said, I'll pass this along. All right. Thank you. Okay, thank you. This call, you can hear that the caller, his phone kept on dropping. The phone call, I mean. This happens way more than most people think while on 911. It would especially happen up there in the mountains where he was. And it also sounded like the dispatcher on this one sounded like she was pretty used to this happening. The caller did give an incorrect name, but you knew what he meant. He says he stopped and talked to him while he was in a white, possibly Ford F-150, and said it was a newer truck. I'm not claiming that this caller did see Brian or didn't see him. It's entirely possible that he did see him. That area, it's a good ways north of Brian's home in Florida. The time it would take for him to make it that far, it's possible for him to do that. Additionally, I doubt he would have his own cell phone with him or even past that, I doubt he would buy a burner phone. With everyone and their mother looking for him, He could be found pretty easy if that burner phone was identified and tracked. So that could have been him. But this is someone who goes camping and has for a while all over North America. He's familiar with that area in Florida. He likely has a network of friends. He also isn't against hitchhiking and seemingly is the type of person that some people are willing to pick up. To sum this all up, though, I really don't have the slightest clue where he could be. The time he's been missing, he could have just about made it to anywhere in the world. I think he's going to stick around where he's comfortable, though, 
as most fugitives do. But like I said, and just like the rest of America, all I have is a guess. This case will, without a doubt, be discussed heavily on the podcast discussion group. If you haven't already, hop on over to Facebook and join the group. Look us up by searching for Music City 901 Podcast Discussion. As long as you're not a fake account or some sort of terrorist, I'll let you right in. I do get those from time to time wanting to get in. Also, like the main Facebook page for any updates on the show at Music City 901 Pod. Oh, and Brian Laundry, if you're listening, come on over to that chat too. I'm sure there's more than a few people there that would love to have a word or two with you. From Music City 901, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good one. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc